Let's do it. Now, the guy who likes to get down and dirty, but cleans up real well. You get it. It's time for Beyond Okra with David the Hound Leggett. Afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Ultra with me, David the Hound Liggett. Today is November 3rd, 2016 at 2 p.m. It's a Thursday in dreary Pennsylvania. I call it dreary. It's actually kind of warm out here today. However, it is raining, so it's it's just kind of crappy all around. So dreary it is. That will be the new moniker for today's weather. As always, my show is brought to you by P4P Muscle and P4P Studios, the number one drug-free athlete sponsor. Uh, excuse me, let's do that again. As always, my show is brought to you by P4P Muscle and P4P Studios, the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. So if you are an athlete that is looking for a solid foundation or just looking for a drug-free base supplement, check out P4P Muscle at P4PMuscle.com. That is the letter P, the number four, the letter P, Muscle.com. As always, you can use my code at checkout, and that is HOUND, and it will give you 15% off anything of your choosing. I actually used it myself the other day. I re-upped on, uh, Kaylin Patterson's going to like this. Kaylin, if you're listening, I know you're doing your show tonight at uh, 7 p.m., but I got Snickerdoodle Cookie, and I absolutely love it. Snickerdoodle Cookie Way. Uh, Kalen Patterson recommended it. Check out his show tonight. Um, they have uh, an amazing schedule set up. He's actually doing shows uh, where they're going to be talking to every athlete on the P4P roster. So I assume at some point they will be contacting me, uh, as I am also a sponsored P4P Muscle athlete, uh, in addition to having this show. So you can tell that we are live, as always, um, due to my mess up a couple minutes ago, but it is what it is. So uh, check out, uh, it's actually Desiree and Kaylin tonight, and they will be doing a show where they will be talking to, let's see here, Coach Melanie Day and Team Meshack's Brittany Longhenry, a bikini competitor and personal trainer. So they're going to roll through and get out all all the competitors of the P4P universe. So, I have a good show today. Uh, I have a guest that uh, I've actually never talked to uh, in person. We're going to talk to today. He is an accomplished marathon runner. Um, He has won numerous marathon titles, um, not to mention uh, everything in between. Uh, He's also an ultra runner, such as myself. Um, I think he'd probably whoop my butt any day of the week. Uh, I'm just happy to have pulled a a five-hour ultra marathon, a 50K uh, a couple weeks ago, which uh, consequently is my fastest um, ever since switching over to full trail running this year. Uh, I was hybriding back and forth between road and trail, so I'm happy to hit a five-hour. Next year, it'll be four and a half hours, and I'm actually going to go back to road and try and get into Boston there. So it's going to be uh, Fred Jocelyn, and we're just going to get right to it. I'm going to bring him on, and we're going to talk to him today. Good afternoon, Fred. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm great. Thanks for having me on this morning. Oh, absolutely. Wherever we are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because uh, I'm actually in Pennsylvania myself, so I was talking about the the weather being dreary, and it does really feel kind of like a morning since it's all gray and kind of nasty out. Yeah. So I don't blame you. So thank you for being on the show. 
Um, one of my buddies, uh, I, you may know him. Uh, you probably see him in the store, Rick Stahl. He's a uh, oh yeah ultra marathoner. Yep. Rick Stahl actually suggested that I contact you and uh, talk to you on the show. Um, my show basically is. Uh, I call it Beyond Ultra. I'm an ultra marathoner by trade. I do obstacle course races and road marathons and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, I have a lot of interesting guests on. And uh, when I actually sat down and looked at your stats, I was like, wow, I mean, this guy is amazing. And I don't know if if maybe maybe people I, – I know the local community knows you really well. So I, I kind of wanted to get you out there and, you know, just talk about some of your accomplishments and maybe uh, see how we can get you, the community involved a little bit more with you. So, um do you want to introduce yourself and, and who you are and what you do, Fred? Sure. Uh, so my wife and I own uh, the Fleet Feet Sports Store in Mechanicsburg, which is in central Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I, I really started, I guess, the way a lot of people s- started. I was running cross-country in high school, uh, and I, I really became very passionate about distance running. And I didn't know exactly where it would take me, but I, I knew that I was going to be involved lifelong. Uh, I even remember in college when some of my teammates who were very good runners would talk about, you know, not running post-collegially. And I, I, I couldn't even really comprehend that. I was like, why, why wouldn't you want to do this? I, I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to work or, you know, go into your, your typical, you know, routes. So I, I didn't know where that was going to take me. Um, I, I remember in college, my goal was to be a professional runner, whatever whatever that is defined as. It's you know I, I didn't even know what that exactly meant, um, and I, I, I guess I did. I mean I I ran for Hansons for two years out in Michigan, um, and and my, my wife my wife and I both lived out. And then we we decided at some point that we wanted to own our own running store, and so we sort of you know took this path. We we worked for a store in Syracuse, the Fleet Feet. Uh, sports in Syracuse uh, for almost six years, uh, and really we went there to to try to figure that out. You know how we were going to open our store, how we were going to finance it. You know, you know, figuring all that all that stuff out. Um, and then uh, you know we we ended up having that opportunity uh, down here in Mechanicsburg, and that's 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 where we are. And along the way, I've uh, you know I've I've stayed competitive. That's that's been my my passion. Um, like you said, I, I have had quite a variety of, of distance and events. I, I think I've had focuses, but I've never been afraid to do something different and just try something. Um, I mean, this year I've done a one-mile race, uh, I've done ultras. I, yeah, I did a 50-miler this year. Um, I did an obstacle race. I did a triathlon. Um, you know, I think I've raced almost 30 times. So I've, so I've done I've done a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, I absolutely, I absolutely love that discipline. That's actually where I'm at too. <laughs> is if you're passionate about it, you enjoy it. And so some of the some of the things I do, I don't go into like the, like when I ran the one mile this year and the triathlon. Neither of those were uh, events I really trained for. They just were there and they looked like fun, so I jumped in them. You know. Uh, dare I ask? I. I... It's funny because I go back and look at some of the past races that I run in the area. Um, I ran the inaugural, inaugural Hershey Half Marathon, and I'm uh-huh. pretty sure you were there. I, I, I'm pretty sure you were at that one. Am, am I wrong? Uh, I've, uh, I've run Hershey twice, uh, but I, I don't think I ran the inaugural. No? Uh, okay. I believe this was the sixth or seventh year this year, and I, I ran the last two. 
and and you've taken the victories on those. Uh, I was last year I won. This year I was actually third. Oh, nice. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So Hershey, I was saying, Hershey is uh, a week after Steamtown. Uh, Steamtown oh, yeah. Marathon. I've I, I've run five times. So I ran Hershey on uh, on painfully sore legs <laughs> the last two years. <laughs> well. And I, and I and I love that you bring up Steamtown. I was going to bring that up a little later, but that is actually one that that you continue to win. You've uh, you've you've actually won a bunch of times. And what's amazing about it is is your wife is also a, a very very accomplished uh, marathoner as well. You guys actually won together last year, correct? Uh, that was Harrisburg. We both won Harrisburg. Oh, Harrisburg. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Yep. I don't know why I had yep. to yeah yeah last. Yeah. We, Shelby has has run uh, Steamtown, but she she has not uh, won. Uh, but last year we both ran uh, Harrisburg, um, and we both we both won, which was a really cool experience. Um, you know, I I went into it with the goal of winning, and Shelby had never won a marathon at that point. And if you had asked her prior to the race, she would have said that she wasn't even, you know, contending. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I think partially it's it's being modest. It's uh, it's not wanting that pressure. Um, and I, I didn't want to put that pressure on her, but I, I knew that she could contend for it. Uh, but that was, that was a really cool experience. I mean, to be able to share something like that. I mean, I mean, winning a race is, is obviously such an exciting thing to, but to be able to do it with your spouse and both, both have that in the same day. That was, that was definitely one of the, um, highlights, you know, of everything I've done with running. Yeah, that that would be fantastic. I, I love that uh, you guys share the same passion. And like you said, she's not. She would tell you that she's not competitive, but a uh, a three hour ten marathon is, is very impressive um, for anybody. And then for her yeah. to you know to pull a win on a three hour ten is is absolutely amazing. So you know, I mean, kudos kudos to your wife, absolutely, especially to you. I mean, you you continue to to push this distance barrier, and uh, you know just come out on top and I, and I think that's fantastic and I wanted to get into uh how how do you go about like training like basically my my show I try to get people off the couch and just basically get out and move um I I've I've referred to it as functionally fit for quite some time basically just getting out there and uh being active so you can do things in your normal everyday life and obviously a lot of us that uh either listen on the show or the guests that I have on the show you know we push endurance barriers and I was just trying to find out what what is a normal like training day for you well, you know, I, I have a lot of flexibility in my schedule because uh, we have the store and we both work a lot. Um, we also have two kids and a third one on the way. <laughs> uh, so they, they keep us. Yeah, thanks. thanks. So they keep, us, they keep us busy. So a lot of my <laughs> schedule um, will actually change day to day. Like, like I can't say that I, you know, get up and run at five every day. Uh, because it, it 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 can just vary quite a bit, uh, but I think I think the key for me is to be open to anything. Um, so I'll have a you know I'll have a plan for what I what I want to do, and if I want to if I want to do a tempo run, um, you know, but I have to be at the store early or I'm you know I'm getting the kids on the bus or something, I, I might I might do the workout in the evening, and sometimes in the evening turns into at night, and if I've got to mm-hmm. go out and run, um, you know, on the treadmill at ten or eleven at night. I'll do it, yeah. um, and I think I think that has been the difference between you know some people when they get very busy they they take a step back you know not that there's anything wrong with that 
But I think mm-hmm. having the desire to still compete at the highest level I can, I've really found ways uh, to, to, to build in that flexibility. Um, and, and some of it is, uh, you know, we do uh, group training and uh, we have different groups that leave from the store almost every day. And I include that in my own training. I, you know, a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, if you're out running, you know, uh, 13 minute miles, you know, with a beginner group, like you won't count that as your tram. Like, well, sure I do. Um, you know, sure. I'm also doing my own workouts at my own pace, uh, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still counting that as mileage. I mean, I'm still, I, that's still part of my, you know, cumulative training, um, which I also think makes it fun. I think, I think uh, we, you know, at distance runners tend to get a little bit too rigid and they say, I have to do this exactly a certain way. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I've also, I've found success in just sort of, saying, hey, it's okay to do a run at a different pace or to change it up. Right. Yeah, I, I was thinking that the other day. I, I tend to go out almost hard the first two or three miles every time Every time I run. And finally, the other day, I was like, you know what? It's okay to do like a long, slow day or, you know, run at a, a, at a six mile per hour pace for two hours just, you know, just to be moving. I agree with you. And I, and I like that that attitude because like you said it is mileage it's not you, you can't throw it away and say it doesn't count because you're running a you know a 13 minute mile it's still mileage it's still work you know so uh, kudos yeah. definitely um so do you do you run do you run every day because i i mean a lot of, like like my my training at this point is three days a week on running and then three days a week weight training because you know i have that obstacle course thing in between so when when we do the obstacle course racing i got to have that upper body strength and all that good stuff as well but do you find yourself running daily or is it more like you change up with weights or anything i i do run every day um in fact i haven't taken a day off in over 12 years (laughs) jeez um (laughs) yeah so that was so i i went to suny Cortland. And when I first uh, started college, Jack Daniels, who wrote the Daniels Running Formula books, was my coach. And he, at one point, he was sort of joking about not taking days off, and we started talking about it. And he, he was telling us how he, he had a, a seven-year streak once, and it was basically broken because he, he forgot to go for a run one day. <laughs> I thought it was wild. <laughs> and it just kind of stuck with me. And I, after that, I just stopped taking days completely off. <laughs> Um, so I, I do run every day, uh, one, one mile minimum. Um, uh, but, but that's sort of been, I mean, I've, I've been very into mileage so that, that doesn't, you know, doesn't seem to be a, a, a an issue for me. No, I do take recovery right. days. I mean, right. if I go out and run one mile very slowly, I mean, that's not any different from somebody who's, you know, taking a day completely off, but has to stand on their feet for a while. I mean, it's not, it's not strenuous. So, uh, so I, sure. I do take recovery, um, but I do I do run every day. I I, I do average, uh, you know, consistent high mileage for the most part. Um, you know, I I averaged over a hundred miles a week for a ten year stretch actually. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I'm not quite that high the last two years. Probably closer to ninety. <laughs> but wow, now you're just splitting hairs now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty. That's, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I get out for uh, eleven or twelve miles, sometimes thirteen and fifteen, uh, three days a week. Um, it's trail though, so trails trails putting a lot of abuse on the on the uh, on the body. So that's why I want to hybrid yeah, back sure. into road. If you heard my introduction, I want to get back into road, but 
I don't know how my body's going to respond to wanting to run the entire time because we know in trail running it's you know not always the best option to run up a, a, a side of a mountain. So <laughs> right, right. So do you find uh, you ran a, a couple ultras this year? Um, do you find a difficulty transitioning from road to trail or vice versa? I know there's been a lot of studies. Uh, Runners World sent something out. Probably, I want to say last year, saying that you can't be necessarily a, a road marathoner and a trail runner. I mean, have you have you noticed any difficulties with something like that? I have. Uh, I, actually, I, I had a, a harder time transitioning into trails than I thought I was going to. Um, I, I've had a couple trail races that I I had you know aspirations of doing really well that didn't go as well. One is I, I've run uh, Cayuga Trails 50 miler the, the past two years. Yeah. And for some of the hardened trail runners, they'll actually say that course is not overly technical. Um, in my opinion, it's very technical. Um, obviously, <laughs> I've done more road running than trail. Sure. But, uh, I, I finished 12th there this year, which, which I'm very happy with. But I, I really thought uh, I was capable of finishing um, at least in the top 10, and, and I, I thought maybe in the top 5. Um, comparatively, at the at the road 50k championships, I, I finished second. Um, you know, and, I, and so I think a lot of that difference really is the, the terrain. Uh, right. And, and I think it takes it takes a certain amount of skill to be able to run on technical trails. Where if you if you don't have that skill, you can still do it, but you're using so much more energy than the person mm-hmm. that's just cruising along. You know, looking like they're not they're not changing their stride to go over rocks compared to, you know, the smooth ground. Uh, yeah. I, I do think that people can get better at it, and, you know, you can you can prepare for specific courses. <laughs> and I think that's that's the key. You have to, you have to decide what your emphasis is going to be and, and, and go towards that. Um, sure. But, yes, I, I, think it's, I think it's a huge, a huge difference, and, uh, you know, the specificity of what you're training for makes a big difference in what your performance is going to be. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I uh, I was hybriding back and forth for quite some time for the last two or three years. I would run, you know, half marathons and and uh, I ran uh, via Lehigh, uh, New York City, a couple things over the last two years. And you know, the speed isn't there where I want it. Uh, probably because, like you said, you know, you get so used to the trail or you get so used to the road that it's 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 hard to adapt both ways. But yeah, I agree. Um, you know, that's. Still a really good accomplishment, uh, especially for a 50 miler. That's uh, impressive. Cayuga Trails is is a uh, is a pretty decent trail system. I ran uh, one called Iron Masters up near your way uh, back oh, in yeah. March. Yeah, I ran that not this year, but the previous year. So you might have had the same the same concept I had at some point when I was probably at like mile 20. I finally got frustrated with all the rocks and was like, "How do people even run this?" <laughs> Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I went through the same thing um, in several of my early trail races because I, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to run through, you know, a boulder field, you know, or even just really, you know, rooted, you know, sections. Um, yeah, yeah I, Iron Masters went pretty well for me, um, but there, there's a couple sections of that course that really are going to force you to change. Yeah, your stride and and yeah. and be careful. I mean, I mean that that's the fear, right? Is that you could really get hurt on some of these trails? Absolutely. I uh, smashed my whatever the heck that is. Climbing 
foot slipped out and just smashed it. But yeah, it's uh, that's that's definitely one that's uh, I love I love that kind of trail running because it's so technical that it, it keeps the mind in. You know, it's 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 work the whole time. I think that I think that's what my draw is the trail running. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's enjoyable just to be in different scenery. You know, to be outside to see different things. Yeah. You don't have to worry about uh, cars cars running you over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I I think, and that's a, that's a real concern. I mean, um, you know, a guy got hit by a car when I was running out at Hanson's. Um, I knew a girl in Syracuse got hit by a car. You know, it, it, you, you don't ever want to hear that, but it's, you know, it, it can happen. Um, you know, and our, our sport is is made for the trails, you know. I mean, it's it's a, it's a you know, we can go discover things, and I think that that makes it enjoyable. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love running on the roads and, and road races, but I think there's really something attractive to trail running, and I think that that's why it's growing so much now. I mean, you're really seeing a lot of people gravitating towards that. Yeah, I mean, how many times would you get on an ultra marathon and see maybe 50 people, and then a year, a year or two later, there's 300 or 400. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a yeah. draw. I like it. Um, I like the I, I like the aspect of uh, especially like an ultra or or probably you can experience it in a marathon that you have so much time to catch the people in front of you, so you don't have to necessarily yeah. go out and. And, and throw down your your fastest hardest immediately. You can you know you can you can pace and and actually just catch up and make time. I mean sometimes I'm I'm very narcissistic about myself and I want to go as fast as I can and see how fast I can finish something. But you know maybe maybe I'll learn I'll learn some patience on some of these races. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think patience is is so much more emphasized in, in ultra races. Um, and, and I think even more so in trail, but even, even in road, uh, you know, ultras, um, in the, in the 50 K this year where I, where I ended up second, I, I just stuck to my own game plan. I ran extremely even splits. Uh, we, we were down by almost 10 minutes, um, hmm. the, to the leader at one point and, and, uh, Jared Burdick, who ended up winning the race and myself, uh, caught him, um, in the last 5k of the race. You know, so Jeez. so things like you know, huge swings can happen like that. Where if you run your own race, uh, and actually the the guy that won uh, 50k World Championships last year, um, it, it, an American guy, Tony Migliazzi, he uh, he was way back mid race there, and ended up winning because it was a very hot day and people just crashed and burned. So um, so patience is important. Uh, you you know, you got to run your own race. You can't force yourself to run somebody else's pace and hope that you hang on i mean it just it just won't happen it, right. you know, you've got to run the pace that your body can handle right yeah i uh we ran uh we ran blues cruise i don't know if you've heard of that one out out here in uh in reading oh yeah yeah there's a there's a couple guys out there that run i think the, the the guy the one guy that ran it does have the uh the u.s 50 mile record and another one has the u.s 50k record so it's actually pretty impressive to run with those guys i hung up with them for about like first five or six miles I didn't really want to push their pace. Their pace is insane. I mean, yeah, I I, I can't imagine pushing uh, like I think they're running seven minutes flat a mile for the entire thirty-one on the trail, which right. is yeah, that's crazy. That's a blistering pace. That's blistering for for. I mean, people are going to hear seven minutes a mile, but for a trail, that's blistering. Oh yeah. But you know, I, I agree with you. You know, I sat back, I raced my own thing, and you know, I I I PR'd by forty-six minutes. So I, I learned that patience in that race, and I, and I think you're right. I think 
Uh, and that's what people need to draw from this is, you know, patience. Like you said, don't try and race somebody else's race because it's not going to happen. Hey, things happen. People people gas out. People trail off. It is what it is, you know. But uh, I was reading. I don't want to run any 5Ks against you because I, I, I just saw one of your times was a 1635. That's uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, you know, that was in college, that was the focus, you know, 5Ks and 10Ks. Um, and, I, and I've held on to that speed uh, fairly well. Um, I think my fastest 5K this year was 15.01. Jeez. Um, but it, it, it's getting harder. It's getting harder as I focused on longer distances. Um, sure. and, you know, and, and I, I've considered myself a marathoner for most of the past, you know, six, seven, eight years. And, and next year, I think I'm actually going to put a little more emphasis on my ultras than the marathon. So, It'll it'll get increasingly more difficult to hang on to that speed. Yeah, I I I I just can't hold a candle to that 15 minutes. I'm happy with a 18 minute 5k, you know, right around right around just nothing, sub 18. But nothing wrong geez. with that. Yeah, it. Uh, well, that, that that had to come on for a while, you know. I had to really really push just to get into there, but that's uh, impressive. 1501. Uh, I had a guy. This guy beats me every year. Well, beats all of us every year uh, out in Kutztown. It's called the Kutztown Fools Run. And uh, he always runs the 5K, and he runs it in 14 minutes. And I just, like, you, you have three quarters of a mile left out of the 5K, and the dude's finished. You can hear the cheering. And I'm like, what is all that cheering half the time? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's running a 14-minute 5K. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Very, you know, very, it's, almost, it's almost like your comparison of trail and road. You know, somebody yeah. who's training specifically for a 5K distance is going to have a huge advantage over somebody who's focusing on a marathon or an ultra or something because that's that's what their body is trained to do. It's it's in their you know their normal um, you know system. So yeah, I run into issues. I don't know how you feel. I run into issues now where my body doesn't even want to want to start feeling that. Just that I, I I call it autopilot mode almost, where you forget that your legs are moving and you're thinking about other things, and it, it almost takes like six seven miles now to even get into that. I don't I don't know how you feel with that. Yeah, well, I I think the more mileage I do, the more I feel like I need a, a longer a longer stretch to feel like I get into a routine. Um, right. You know, and I. I think as I've gotten older, I've felt more like that as well. I I I think that's normal, but I guess I guess I don't know. But I I you know when I do my workouts now, even the first you know few hard miles or intervals or whatever I'm doing, never feel as good as as the middle section of the workout. Sure, um, sure. You, know, you lose you lose a little bit of that that immediate snap that you know a, a youth might have. <laughs> Yeah, I I uh I find warming up very very uh, crucial now even for short distance races. Um I don't warm up still in ultra marathons. I'll I'll just kind of walk around for like 15 minutes before to start, just keep moving and then I'll use I'll use the yep. uh the ultra as the warm up. I don't want to waste anything yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do the same thing. I mean, I and, and whenever somebody asks me about that, even if somebody is very competitive, I always try to remind them well, if your warm-up, let's say you warm up at 10-minute miles, like the likelihood that you're going to have a stretch where you're going slower than 10-minute pace during the race is, is high. It's, you know, in a lot of cases, it's almost guaranteed. So you're like, well, why not take some of those slow miles you know you're going to have and just put them at the beginning of your race? I mean, just warm up. It, it almost makes the race feel shorter because you had this warm-up stretch, um, yeah. you know, especially if you're going to hit some rough patches. So I, I agree 100%. 
you know, unless you're planning on running a really fast pace the entire time, warming up might actually be counter, you know, productive. So that's, sure. that's typically what I've done um, with the exception of some 50K uh, road races, which, you know, I'll do a very short warm-up for. Uh, but outside of that, pretty much always the warm-up is part of the race. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I learned that habit from uh, Dean Carnassus's book, <laughs> where he said he never yeah. he never warms up and he just goes out and runs and uses the beginning of the race as the run. But uh, yeah, I, I I I'm a fan. Um, I actually ran with Dean in the 2014 New York City Marathon. I picked him up at mile five and we ran for about about six miles. But he uh, he was running six flat. So for me, for a marathon, it's a little fast. But yeah, he's impressive man to run with, definitely. Very cool. Yeah. What, what uh what, what kind of nutrition do you do you practice while while you are you know while you're training and running daily? I, I assume that you're going to have to take in a, a pretty decent amount of calories and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, I I haven't been super strict. Um, I, I think I used to be a lot more strict uh, than I am now. I, I think really what I focus on now is just making I get making sure I get in variety. Sure. Um, I kind of look at it from from the viewpoint of if you eat uh, a lot of different things, your body's going to absorb the things that it needs better. You know, I think a lot of people make the mistake of uh, they they just eat the same things. You know, they may not even realize it, but they buy the same foods, they eat the same foods, and so if your body is depleted in any area, it doesn't have a chance to make up for it because it might not be getting it. Um, right. So I just try to remember. You know, there's there's a lot of different types of foods out there. Um, you know, and just just eat, eating variety. Now, obviously, going into a big race, um, I'll be careful. You know, you, you don't want to experiment. Obviously, you know, on race weekend with what you're going to eat. Yeah. Um, but I but I but I've also also haven't been overly strict. You know, I, I've met lots of people that they won't you know eat junk food or refined sugars or yeah. you know there's there's a lot of different diets out there. I haven't had any like specific rules um you know or restrictions for myself you know trying to be stupid you know i i I think there's some um you know just easy easy decisions where you try you try to limit uh, things that are unhealthy fast food candy whatever um but i'm also not afraid to eat that i mean somebody offers it to me i'm not turning it down um (laughs) and and one of the things i you know i figured out on the fly i mean my first 50 mile race i did I had a I had a game plan all mapped out for what I was going to take during the race for for nutrition, mm-hmm. and I got out there. Uh, you, you know, I, it might have been like the second aid station. Um, you know, I I was planning on taking. I think I was going to take. Uh, I was going to put a, a noon tab in my bottle. You know, fill that up, and then I was going to have a goo or something. And I remember just feeling like it just didn't it just didn't feel right. Like I just I I don't know what it was, and they had Mountain Dew there. Oh yeah, and it just it just sounded really good, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna fill my bottle with Mountain Dew. I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, so I'm gonna try it, and <laughs> it worked great. I, I felt so so much better, um, mm-hmm. you know, drinking the Mountain Dew. So sometimes I think, you know, it, you know, that, that might sound crazy for somebody who's not in that. In in a lot of the ultra circles, that's quite normal. You know, they're like, look, if you need calories, you know, that's as dense of calories as you're probably gonna find. So if you're you know, you're getting water you know, sugar and caffeine, you're basically getting the three things that I think a lot of us are craving. Yep. And so, I, you know, so I think there's a time and a place where stuff like that is okay. Um, you know, and, and that first ultra, I, I drank a lot of Mountain Dew that day. 
Um, <laughs> and, and I think I, I think that you know maybe that hurt me long term. I don't know, but it certainly opened my eyes to be like, look, there's a lot of a lot of different ways to do this. Yep. Um, you, know, you know, and I try I try not to get too stuck on, you know, you have to eat, uh, you know, an exact balance of like I, I don't I don't measure specifically carbs to proteins to fats. You know, I try to get all of them in, but I you know I'm not looking at it too too closely beyond that. So right. I like that. That's actually how I do it as well. I think running is probably the best diet out there, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, you can pretty much eat whatever you want and then go run. But, I mean, I, I'm not telling somebody to go out and just eat junk food all the time and then running is going to cure you from not being healthy. But at the same point, you know, I mean, you, like you said, you don't have to watch specifically all the stuff. And unless you want to be, you know, like real cut, six-pack, all that, all that stuff, then you have to eat lean and things. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad you mentioned the soda because that's what actually what I do. I carry the uh, uh, you pro- I don't know if you carry it in the store uh, orange mud packs. I'm actually sponsored by them, and uh, uh-huh. I carry one bottle of straight water, and then I use uh, P for P's Alter Ego and Branch Chain Aminos sure. in the other bottle. And then when I hit aid stations in my ultras, I'll take I'll drink soda. So I have my water right. on board during in between, and then I'll drink the soda in between. Yeah, I love I love Coke and and Mountain Dew, and that's the same thing I do. Um, soda. The weirdest thing I had recently at an aid station was uh, the last 50K I ran last month, and they actually had French toast in uh, cups of syrup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. They were like, French toast? I'm like, uh, yeah, French toast and bacon yeah. at the one aid station. I think it was like yeah. 17 miles in of the 50K, and I was like, uh, yes, thank you. Mini cheeseburgers. I mean, the the list is amazing. If you if you get out to run an Uber Endurance Ultra Marathon uh, by Stefan Weiss, his aid stations are phenomenal during the races. So okay, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and I think uh, he you hear a lot of ultra runners, uh, you know, talk about eat what you crave, and I think that that's yeah. great advice. I mean, if something sounds appetizing to you when you're in the middle of a very strenuous you know, uh, race, I, I think that there's a good chance that your body, some, you know, something in that your body needs. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think that that's good advice. Another good one, uh, on the rocks, it's, it's uh, on the rocks trail run. It's a 45 K in York. They had pretty decent, yep. decent aid stuff too. That was a difficult yeah. race. That was, only a, that was only friggin' 28 miles. And that one took me five hours, 40. I think I came in like ninth. And it was just, yeah. that was insane. It was insane. I ran on the rocks uh, a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I actually didn't bring a bottle. <laughs> oh. um, and it was, it was a warm day. Um, I, I got lucky because I think I was, I was really bonking um, with like a couple miles to go. And I, 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 I made it, <laughs> but yeah, but barely, but I, you know, that, that race actually scared me. I took a pretty bad fall there. Um, I actually still have a few a few scars from it. I I actually fell off a a ledge, and down oh. like a rock pile, um, and oh, I yeah I I took a yeah I took a little break from trail running after that because I I, yeah. I was I was pretty beat up from it, Oof. you know. But uh, it I, I really enjoyed the race though. Yeah, that that I I I saw that one. I said twenty eight miles. Well, it's still an ultra marathon. I was like, how bad could it be? And then. I love, I mean, I loved it. I love the brutality of that. And I remember it was, I think it was like 107 degrees when I ran. And I just remember hearing wow. my feet slush. 
Yeah. After about seven miles in, my feet were sloshing, and I was like, "Well, I didn't go through any water, so this is going to be an exciting, an exciting, you know, twenty-one more miles." Yeah. But, uh, oh, so it was it was hot when I ran it, but it wasn't that hot. <laughs> it might it might have been in the eighties. I think I tracked. I think I drank uh, out of my out, out of my back. I drank. Uh, I refilled two bottles six times, seven times. Yeah. In the in the in the race. You know, and it was insane. But like you, I did the same thing. It was after uh, when you start the race, you go through that three-mile section where you go really just straight uphill for three miles. Right after that, I fell yeah. in a spot and actually uh, felt the ribs. I, I dislocated my ribs, and it was the first Ooh. lap. Yeah, and I remember just kind of taking a deep breath, felt them all pop back in, dropped an Advil, and ran. But, yeah, like you, it's, it's <laughs> uh, you know, there's one of those things where you're like, ugh, I don't know, but – Dangerous people, if you're listening, trail running is you really have to be mindful of where you're putting your feet or it, it, just picking your feet up in general. I, I do a lot. I do that ultra shuffle, you know, where where my feet only come up a couple inches off the ground, and if I'm not paying attention, they catch on everything. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. So I have my note in here that uh, in 2012, you actually won, uh, and I don't think it was 2012. It might have been 2011. You you won the uh, New Orleans Marathon. Yeah, 2011. Yep, okay. And then that actually qualified you to run the U.S. Olympic trials in 2012, correct? Right, yep, correct. And what kind of experience was that? I know I know who won that one. I, I, I do know it was Meb Kofletsky that, that, won that, that won that trial, but what is it like? What is it, what's the feeling like? You know, you run, you run in New Orleans, you win, you get invited, and you step up on a starting line with – with those guys, what, what's, what's the, what's the air, what's the air like when you step up on something like that? You know, it, it was a little surreal. Uh, you know, I, I, I considered myself a good runner, but I never considered myself at that level. And so yeah. when, you know, I, I qualified and that was up, up, up until that point, that was the biggest goal I had in running. So I qualified for the trials, but you go down there I remember I, I got to Houston almost two weeks before the race and I was training on the course and stuff beforehand and uh, the, there was a, a hotel that USATF put everybody up in that was that was training. And across the hall from me was Jason Ritzenheim. And I ran in. Hmm. And, and, like, like, wow, he's going to be competing to make the Olympic team. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in the same race. Like, it almost didn't feel like, like, I knew I was there to, uh, you know, attempt the same thing. But you almost viewed it from an outside perspective because that's where you were normally seeing these guys. I mean, I've watched these guys race on TV in international right. competition. Um, but it was, I mean, it was it was definitely an experience of a lifetime. And, uh, you know, the first few miles where I, I, I was, you know, around some of these guys, and uh, they went out pretty hard. Ryan, Ryan Hulse uh, started pretty quick, and so it separated early. But early on it was uh, it, it, it was a really cool experience to be in a race with so many amazing runners. I mean, I'm, I'm used to being, you know, more towards the front in most races that I, I run. And, you know, you, you start off and you're, you know, 50, 60, 70 people in the pack, um, right. but running, you know, running quickly. I think, I think my first mile was like five Oh three or something like that. Um, and I wasn't even close to the front, you know, this is a marathon, you know, so, um, it's, it's an experience I don't think you could really replicate you know i don't know if there's another marathon in the world that's going to have that kind of depth um you know maybe one of the japanese races they have some deep marathons but uh 
you know, even if you look at like a Boston or a Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. you'll still you'll still be in the top fifty if you're running a two thirty marathon, you know, or, or or better, you know, often often much better. Um, yeah. Whereas I, I ran at the trials, I ran two twenty four uh, and finished seventy <laughs> fifth place. Wow. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to even. <laughs> it's like <gasps> yeah, you know, you're it's, running two twenty four. You're incredible. like seventy five. Really? Yeah. <laughs> But, I'll tell you what, yeah. I was impressed with uh, with Galen Rupp this year, running his second marathon, yeah. and it was the Olympics. That's uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, and I, I think they they know what they're doing, you know. So even though he doesn't have the marathon experience, he has the training experience to be able to, to do something like that. And, uh, right. you know, from what I understand, he does do – uh, high mileage anyway, and then obviously training for the marathon, he really did did high mileage. So I I don't think uh, it was nearly as much of an adjustment for him as it would have been for somebody who does lower mileage and and just doesn't train the way that the, the way that he does. Um, but yeah, he's I mean, I, I I hope that he focuses on the marathon, you know, over the next you know near future uh, and hopefully the next Olympics because I think that's where his potential is. I mean, obviously he's an incredible 5,000, 10,000 meter runner. Um, yeah. but I, I think he could be even better uh, at the marathon. I agree. And maybe not so many hat changes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I laugh. so I, I guess he had, um, he had a material on the inside of the hat that was like from a, an ice pack. Oh, um, so he was switching hats to try to stay cool. So they had yeah. a, they had a material in the hat, uh, that, that basically was was keeping him him cool, yeah. Interesting. I remember seeing it the first two aid stations, and the announcers finally picked up on it, and they were like, "Why does he keep changing hats?" And I thought the same thing. I was like, "That's just odd. Let me just take it off if it's bothering you, you know." If it's, but that that does make a lot of sense at that point. You're right. That does that does make sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I I I I missed this part, but I guess in the beginning he was also wearing gloves. Um, yeah, and the gloves also had the um, you know whatever the, the the cooling gel or whatever whatever it is. So yeah, interesting. And maybe yeah. maybe he's on the something there that you know someone will pick up in the in the future. It'll probably be like 15 years from now because they'll be like, wow, what's he doing? And then 15 years from now they'll be like, oh man, it's this is so awesome, greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I they, they were talking about uh, the cooling vest that Meb used for the Athens Olympics. Yeah, um, you know, I I've never tried anything like that. I really have no idea personally. Um, you know, but uh, you know, in a hot race like that, I mean, I it it, it makes sense. I mean, if you can keep the core temperature down, then that's that's you know that's going to be a huge advantage. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I always joke. I I I always tell my wife, you know, when she sees Meb or somebody run, I'll be like, well, you know, I did technically run against them in the New York City Marathon. I mean, he beat me by an hour, but we're just splitting hairs now. Yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, I, you gotta love that. But uh, what's the experience like of running uh, Boston? It's awesome. I, I think Boston is probably the most exciting atmosphere of any race I've run. Um, it's one. It, it's the only race that it seems start to finish. There's no stretch in which there are not enthusiastic fans. And I think the difference between Boston and some of the other big races is some of the other, you know, international level marathons there's 
fans, and there could be even more fans along the course, but they're, but they're more there just to be there because there's an, an event going on. And Boston, it seems like the fans are genuinely interested in the race. You know, they, they seem to understand it. They, they're cheering for people. Uh, and that just makes it, makes it such an exciting experience. Um, yeah, I've run Boston five times, and every, every time has been, you know, just a tremendous experience. Yeah, I, I felt that way with New York City. There was a stretch over, I believe it was the 59th Street Bridge or maybe Queensboro, where there was no people. And it was almost like a, uh-huh. I, I joke, I called it a death march because nobody was saying anything. Everybody had their heads down. All you heard were feet, you know. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I really want to make it out to Boston. And I think I got I to gotta hit my goal time on my marathons because I've only, I've only actually run three. So, you know, we got to work on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that you enjoy that from start to finish because that's, that's something that I know a lot of people like, like myself will work for to try and get to. And just to hear how someone else's experience was, is, you know, is phenomenal. And, I, and I'm glad to hear that because I enjoyed New York City because even being, you know, not obviously not the lead guys, but people still cheering for you and high-fiving and just yelling and having a good time. There were bands every other mile. You know, it was, it was actually amazing. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that Boston is, is, is all that it does live up to be. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody who runs Boston is, is disappointed in the race itself. I mean, I, I think a lot of us run Boston are disappointed in our performances, <laughs> uh, you know, but not by the event that's put on. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, Making it there, I, I would consider making it there, would, regardless of my time, you know, to, to be the to be the best thing. Like New York City, I, I remember saying saying to my wife, you know, all I wanted to do was meet Dean Carnassus the night before at the North Face booth and, you know, talk to him and maybe have him sign a book. And then to actually run in the marathon with the man, you know, I was like, I don't care what I finish at now. I could finish at six hours. And, you know, I got the experience of not only New York, but then running with, you know, running with Dean Carnassus. So that's. You know, I think I'd be happy either way. Like you said, yeah, you get a little disappointed at your time, but at the same point, you're like, you know, it's a great race. So, you know, sometimes the race just outweighs whatever the result is. Yeah, for sure. So you you bring you bring the community together through your store, which I, which I find to be you know fantastic. Um, and I know that's what a lot of a lot of running companies and stores and things do. Do you actually hold your own races? Uh, sponsored by the store, or do you guys you guys obviously endorse races? Yeah, we do a little bit of both. Um, we do put on uh, a race in Harrisburg called the Lucky Charm 5K and 10K. It's over uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend each year. It's March 18th this year. Uh, so we, we put that race on ourselves, but we also try to support local races um, and, and events. You know, and I, and I think that that's something that has made this enjoyable for us. I mean, it's what we would want to do anyway. You know, I think that if, if somebody views putting on events and being part of events as a job, they could do an okay job doing that. Um, but I think that it opens up your opportunity so much if you're like, look, this is this is what I would choose to do, whether I was involved with it or not. So we try to support, um, you know, the races that we have in our community. We have some awesome races. We have the, the Harrisburg Marathon coming up uh, next weekend. Uh, which is a race oh. that we're very involved with. Um, and we, we actually formed a, a series. So we basically took the seven uh, most prominent races in our area and formed a series, and we do awards and things. It's called the 7 Run 7 uh, Race Series. 717 is our, our area code um, in this area. So sure. 
we, we've had fun with stuff like that, um, you know, and I think that that's what, that's what makes the community just build is having things that are exciting and that bring people together. Uh, we, do, we do a group run uh, from the store once a week, every Thursday at 6. Um, but we do a lot of other events. We just had a Halloween run, um, and we had this. It, it wasn't. We didn't consider it a race. It was a you know a free event. But we did. We like picked teams. We split people with different colored lights, and we did some zombie runs and just tried to have fun uh-huh. with it. Um, and we do a couple fundraisers from the store each year. Uh, last year we did a fundraiser where we we donated a dollar for every mile that every person ran during the run uh, to Four Diamonds. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I think things like that, they, they bring t- people together. It, it, it's both enjoyable. It makes it a good cause. Um, and so, you know, we just, we really try, try to have fun with that. Absolutely. That's, I, I love that. And I, and I love that you're passionate about it. And like you said, you can make it a job. Yeah, it, it can be a job. You can help out in the community. But if you're not passionate about what you do, you're not going to be doing things like you said, donating a dollar for every mile that everybody ran, which is impressive. And I think that's that's fantastic. So, you know, I'm appreciative to hear that. And I know the people in the area. I'm sure the people in the area are obviously appreciative. Like I said, I was contacted by, uh, you know, Rick, who who does patronize the store and, you know, does events all through up there and obviously they're affected by that because they contacted me and said, Hey, you know, you might want to have Fred on the show. So, uh, you know, thank you for doing what you do and thank you for bringing that, the community together out in, you know, out in Harrisburg area, Mechanicsburg area. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. We, w- we wouldn't want to be doing anything else. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. Uh, that's what I'm looking for in retirement from my full-time job. Currently I'm looking to, you know, get in the running. I just finished the, uh, NFHS, the National uh, High School Certification for Track and Field. So I'm looking into maybe getting into that that realm, uh, maybe Roadrunners Clubs of America certification and USATF certifications to do group running and, and teaching and all that stuff. So, you know, yeah, definitely cool. it's it's something where where I wanna where I wanna put my passion into. Um, and you know, it all like you said, it all just comes from all this time of running. You know, you you develop a system or you develop a way, and you, know, you think other people can benefit. So I'm appreciative that you're doing that. You know, that's awesome. I actually have uh, purchased stuff at Fleet Feet in, uh, actually in Boston. So Awesome. Very cool. I, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you, you know, bring, like I said, bringing it from here. And you're, you're not, you're actually from the New York area, correct? In Binghamton. Um, and, then, and like I said, Shelby and I worked in, in Syracuse for almost, almost six years. Uh, and that, that was part of the, uh, the way we kind of got turned on to, uh, central Pennsylvania. That growing up in Binghamton, we came down to Pennsylvania for races uh, fairly frequently. I mean, the the run for the, for the diamonds in Berwick. Uh, I started right. running that I think just out of high school, um, and I've I've run it every year since. I think this year might be my 14th year. I think something like that. Uh, wow. The Philadelphia Marathon was my first marathon, which I ran back in 2002. Um, you know, so we we kind of got connected. Uh, you know, from from the running scene, and that was that was you know part of what attracted us to the area was we we knew that there was a, a you know a passionate um, you know community of runners down here, and that's that's what makes it makes it awesome. And you know, we obviously try to be a part of that and enhance it. Um, but the you know the community is a little bit of everybody. It's the races, it's the people that are running the races. You know, every, we all you know play a play a role in that. Yeah. 
Fantastic. You have a beautiful area to run too. So, I mean, it, that does help. Uh, obviously if you have good scenery, you know, you, you could probably run forever and, and, you know, yeah. enjoy it. Definitely. Like you said, you know, Absolutely. sometimes you go to the treadmill. I call it the treadmill. I hate the treadmill. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm going to go run it tonight because, you know, like you said, today, it's just kind of, it's just kind of a crazy day being out and about. And I'm going to go probably put down two hours or an hour 45 on the treadmill tonight. And, ugh. but like you yeah. said, you know, that's you get a, that's it. That's a long way on the treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It sucks, but got to do it. Um, but like I said, you know, you have the good scenery. Uh, I joked with uh, Bart Yasso a couple episodes back, and he had actually run run through the mountains up there and biked. He biked across the country and uh, out in the area. He was up in the northern part of the state with uh, all the tunnels through the mountains. And, you know, we laugh about that. He said there's nothing like running in Pennsylvania. So, you yeah. know, at least you got a good area. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Is there? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you've got, well, you got the Harrisburg area, so you guys aren't far from downtown Harrisburg, you know, just to run, run along the riverfront there where the governor's mansion is and all that stuff. That's uh, definitely, definitely something, something to do. Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. The green belt through Harrisburg, I mean, we basically have 20 miles of, uh, you know, paths that will take you through the yeah. city area. Um, you know, we have the Appalachian trail that comes right through here. Uh, the Appalachian trail is about two miles from our store. We actually had, several people hiked to our store from the trail this summer who who are needing to get some supplies, which was, which was really cool. Um, you know, and obviously we've got dirt roads and trails all over the place. So it's an awesome place to train. Absolutely. Hey, if I can turn you on to a race down in my area, it's, uh, it's called the Charlie horse half marathon. It's in uh Birdsboro. We actually run, it runs from Birdsboro to Moton, uh, through the Charlie horse trail. It, uh, the elevation is not too bad. It only gains 2,000 feet, but the trail is is uh, is actually pretty decent. It's a nice trail. It's actually a hybrid. At uh, mile nine, you run two miles of road, so that's uh-huh. just a relentless hill. But it's a pretty challenging race. So they usually hold that the day before Memorial Day. Okay. So I will check summertime. it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I've been running that one every year religiously. It's a fun race, really. Honestly, it's a, it's a great time. Finally started coming in the top ten, so it makes it even better. You know, there's a lot of a lot of good dudes. There's a dude from the local running company here that uh, he ran it this year, and he's a he's a road runner himself. Very tall, lanky, very fast. But uh, I was able to keep pace with him on the trail. So, like you said, you know, it's tough to transition sometimes, but still pretty fast. So it's a good time. It brings a lot of people together. So if you get the chance, I'm definitely going to check out the ones up your way as well. I definitely want to get back into Iron Masters and, and, you know, I want to check out the 717 series and uh, your Lucky Charm because maybe, maybe I'll roll out to that uh, next year, awesome. obviously. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely. check out the Charlie Horse. That, that does sound fun. I'll see if I can make it out for that. It's a good time. There's two, two water crossings immediately. One about 50 feet into the race and then another one a quarter mile down and that one, that one crosses out about knee height and then, so you gotta, you gotta run wet for nice. most of the race, but it's, uh, it's, it's hey, pretty fun. Okay. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The trail is definitely not something that I would say, like, if you're not paying attention, you're going to wipe out. It's it's a nice trail. It's a beautiful area. Good mountains. It's all private property that they get permissions to run through. So it's not like the trails are beat up and, you know, it's it's nothing like that. So it's a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very cool. Is, is there anybody you want to give any uh, shout outs to? Anybody that, that, that would be listening or sponsors or, or, or anything like that, Fred? 
Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I just want to thank our, our community, our running community, you know, everybody that, that uh, comes to the Fleet Feet Runs and the River Runners, uh, who is uh, one of our clubs here in the Hark, Hark Club. I mean, they're the, they're the ones that really make our community what it is here. So thank you. Absolutely. Like I said, I just want to thank you for, uh, you know, not only answering me uh, through through Messenger and everything, but coming on the show and, and just giving an insight, you know, what it's like to, to do something that you're passionate about from, like you said, early on to, you know, current. And you're still, ex- you know, excited and passionate. And uh, that's what I like. What I like about uh, having guests on my show is just people that are passionate for, for their walk of life. And, and like I said, thank you for sharing and thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, we'll definitely be in touch Thank here, you. obviously. Yeah, I, we're in yeah, the same really area. Appreciate it. So, yeah, definitely. I, I will definitely be in touch. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to go out and check out the series. Hopefully I can roll up there for the, uh, for the Lucky Charm. I'll probably do the 10K because I'm a glutton for distance. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I'll definitely be in touch here after the show, all right? Sounds good. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, Fred. I hope you have a good day. Have a good weekend, all right? All right, guys. So that was Fred Joslin. Uh, go out and check him out. Uh, he has some stats out there on the, uh, on the old Internet. Um, very impressive times. Uh, like I said, we, we talked about his times, and he even says about a 15-minute uh, 5K. Very impressive. Uh, if you guys run 5Ks, you know that uh, attaining a 15-minute is, is, is amazing. So... Very nice guy. Uh, go out. If you guys are in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, again, that's just outside of Harrisburg. Harrisburg is the state capital. For those of you that are in Pennsylvania listening to this, then you know where it is. Go out. Check out Fleet Feet uh, Sports. Uh, talk to Fred. I'm sure he'll hook you up. If you need running gear or whatever you need, he'll, he's going to hook you up. Obviously, that's the kind of person you want outfitting you. Um, you know, it's a guy that, that runs for a living, you know, basically, and is passionate about it, will outfit you the proper way. So go see Fred at Fleet Feet Sports in Mechanicsburg. Um, go out and get out for, if you guys haven't run as a community in a community run, go out and, and, and get it. Like he said, you know, they don't go out and they don't, they don't beat each other up on times and they don't do things like that. It's a, it's a social event where other runners can get together and, uh, and you know, talk. And there's nothing like other runners. Uh, I, I say it every time when I run ultra marathons and we, we get into talking to people because it's a long race. It's a long to do. And there's nothing like another runner's personality. Greatest people you'll ever meet. They'll do anything for you. So, you know, go out there, uh, check out his lucky charm, 5k, 10k, the 717 race series. Um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if you're not in Pennsylvania, go out and check out one of your other local runners and, uh, See what they have to offer. I think you guys would be surprised. They'll probably help you out with times and distances and, uh, you know, whatever else you can think of. So, again, thanks for listening. Today is uh, Thursday, November 3rd, 2016. Uh, this is another episode of Beyond Ultra with me, David the Hound Liggett. Uh, thanks for listening. Like I said, uh, check out Kalen's show tonight at, I believe it's 7 p.m. Uh, let me verify Pretty sure it's 7 p.m. And uh, you're going to enjoy it. Like I said, he's getting all the members of the P4P universe out there. And, uh, you know, he has a great show and a lot of great things to say. So check it out. Uh, go to P4PMuscle.com and get all your supplements. If you need them. Again, they're all natural, drug-free. So, uh, all right, guys. Enjoy. Take care. <laughs>